Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm recording from his own computer, uh, Master of Ceremonies. I can't hear myself. Yeah, you're going to want to put one behind your ear so you can still hear me. Oh, oh and okay. I'd recommend the one that doesn't have the mic. Oh, well, okay. It's a process. I'm it's a figuring process. figuring it out. I'm learning. Yeah, it's just like half I thought I was going to hear myself or something. And I'm like, Ugh. oh. no, yeah. It's... Well, that's why I normally have it around my neck, but now we mm. I feel more professional like this. Yeah, you're not like a DJ. No. <laughs> this is serious. This is work. This is work, okay? <laughs> I drove all the way up to Volo for work. We're talking about the Crow sequels. <laughs> yeah, and there's something more serious than... That David Boreanaz in <laughs> Wicked Prayer. Listen, okay, as as much as we know we're going to rip all over Wicked Prayer, but in a fun way... Oh, absolutely. Um, I do want to actually like, legitimately give the due to uh, the City other of Angels. Two. Movies, salvation which unfortunately you haven't seen salvation by the time yes. which means you didn't do your homework which means you're off the i podcast. did my best <laughs> it wasn't there that's true well, i found ways yeah you went around the system <laughs> i did well i had to because we all categorize at least i did i don't know about you but i categorized them where there's the crow sequels mm-hmm. like so we have the crow we have the og that we have in my mind it was the good one the one with Kirsten Dunst and the one with David, David Boreanaz and Edward Furlong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the first two, uh, I have way different uh, names for them now because they're a lot better than I thought they would be. Yeah. So for the most of this episode, I'm going to focus on those two movies. <laughs> so I think we can, we'll probably spend a lot of time walking, talking about City of Angels. Yes. Because that's the one we both seen. We both agree we both that it's what? really enjoy it. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Love City of Angels. Um, now I can watch all those like Caravan of Garbage videos that are like, City of Angels is actually pretty good. <laughs> it's be like, yeah, but it is. Yeah, they'll be like, that's just because the first one was very good. I'm like, no, 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 don't rip no, on no, the no, first no. one. I'm saying that <laughs> this, do this one wrong. is very good. <laughs> because so City of Angels. So when I sat down to write, to, not to write the script, just to give <laughs> we my didn't do- write a script. Well, because I, how I used to do notes for movies was I would just write down any thought that I had. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid with these movies, and I'm like, oh, I'll probably just end up focusing too much on the bad. And at least with this one, mm-hmm. it's all good stuff. Yeah, and it's all just like make sure you talk about how awesome this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so City of Angels obviously is the sequel to The Crow from 1994. This one came out in 96. Yeah, so this was a close sequel. Very close, which means that, I mean, I didn't get a chance to look at the, um, the Curse Films documentary because I'm sure they talk about the other movies. Yes. Um, because I'm very interested to see how this process came to be. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure, like with Poltergeist, that they were like, we don't want to make any more movies. Well, yeah, but like, I'm sure, and I'm we? sure it was the studio being like, "Hey, we made money, do yeah, another." But but did they really like? Did they make a lot of money? And by that time, like, was it a super super popular? Like, it takes a bit for it to be like a cult, le- not a cult leader, cult classic, a cult, <laughs> a cult classic. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the original Crow on a budget of roughly twenty million dollars, it made about fifty million domestically, right. so, which I think is enough for the studio to be like, "Hey, obviously, you want to keep going?" And they were like, "No," and, <laughs> no. and they said, "How about you do anyway?" Well, and I, th- I think it's cool because just up top, the the poster for the the Crow City of Angels rules, and the first thing it says is "Believe in the power of another." 
So it's that you looking at the. Oh, I already there? found it. It was the first thing in trivia. Oh, the, so, how like um, <laughs> this came to be? Yeah. So the filmmakers and the studio originally intended to create a substantially different film to the first one, yeah. out of respect for Brandon Lee, which I think they did. Which I they, agree. I think they did. But then Miramax ordered the film mm. to be re-edited so as to resemble the earlier one as much as possible. We all remember Miramax from the Halloween days. That's the studio that is headed by the Weinstein. Was headed by the Weinstein brothers mm-hmm. um, the shitty one and the just kind the of also like the normally shitty the less one, not shitty the criminally one. shitty yeah. one so they have a history of tampering with movies without the director and you know without the creator's perspective they're just like we know what's good we'll make it cool so I can see their influence but I don't think that bogged the movie down whatsoever so you guys won't be able to see this, but I just want to show Matt because the next thing on the trivia is all of the scenes that were adjusted. Oh, in this it looks cut. long. It's all Jesus. of this. Ooh. All of this. Oh man, that's all like of like that. Every scene. <laughs> it seems like. Well, it. you know what? I think the only times. I mean, obviously, this movie feels a lot like a. I don't really know. It just feels like it's hitting all the same beats of the first movie, but it does them in a different way with a different man in a different city mm-hmm. with a different everything else. Yeah. Which I kind of think is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's coming from someone who likes the, the slasher movies like Friday the 13th is it's objectively the exact same, same movie. movie. All the same beats are hit. It's just unlike Friday the 13th, this changes everything but the beats yeah and it does them originally mm-hmm. for this and definitely for salvation wicked game it changes a little too much <sighs> but they i mean they're obviously all still like it's gonna be a man that gets murdered gets brought back to life remembers what's going on and then systematically hunts his way through everyone eventually his crow will get murdered but it mm-hmm. will not matter and yep. then he'll do the thing and then he'll move on yeah and there'll be an ending narration talk about how passionate love is yeah and that's the movie well and all of them will have the same basic description on imdb yeah the spirit of the crow resurrects fill in the blank seeking revenge for fill in the blank yep usually it's the murder of fill Fill in the the blank blank. their son well i should say it's always their girlfriend um but in this one it's city of angels it's his son which is devastating especially because his name is danny yep (laughs) i was like oh man he said that uh, perked up like Wait, did he say Danny? No way. <laughs> so, City of Angels, 96, believe in the power of another. City of Angels, probably by the title, you can assume it's going to take place in Los Angeles instead of Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, right there, the entire environment is different. The city looks more like a... You know, like We were talking about how the first one looked like Gotham. Yeah. This one looks like the city from Repo Man. Like, it, it looks does. like, like, because it's just, there are, there seems to be no, or like in the um, old Batman movies, where like, it doesn't look like anyone lives there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only criminals and homeless people. Well, and another thing I really loved about City of Angels is that it took on a new holiday. It took on Day of the I'm Dead. I'm so glad, because what other super visually striking holiday is there than day of the dead yeah especially because 
the actor that's playing Ash, who's or who's the Eric Draven in this, mm-hmm. is himself Hispanic or he's Latinx. He, his name is Vincent Perez. Yeah. So he's a non-white actor, which I think is a cool, more of a modern take, yeah. especially for a Los Angeles-based story because the predominant population is of like Hispanic origin mm-hmm. or of like um, Central American origin. Yeah. So there's that type of imagery is interwoven to the point where I thought that the um, director may have like been himself like Mexican or from a, a cult, like a cultural background, but just like the first one, it's a guy that did a lot of goth era rock music videos. Yep. He's done pretty much every, the cure music video I could find. <laughs> He's done Iggy pop ones. Cause Iggy of pop course. shows up in the movie. He's done work for Queen, um, and he's pretty much done nothing else than The Crow. He also did a couple David Bowie ones, like from Ooh. the like late 80s. So yeah, well, again, I think that that brings a cool vibe. It's kind of like what we talked about with Rob Zombie, where yeah. if you make music videos really well, you know how to edit something almost like a comic book. Man, I still want... One day, I hope they let Rob Zombie do his futuristic Dude, crow movie. Now it wouldn't be the same because it would all be CGI. Because back in the day, true. it would have looked like Blade Runner. It yeah. would have been so awesome. <laughs> Especially that soundtrack. It would have been banging. Well, I think I have a note of it. They have a white zombie song on the soundtrack. Yes. Because, again, the soundtrack of this movie is, is important. Is, it rules. Um, I couldn't find it like on Spotify, but I'm sure mm-hmm. it's out there. But like, I was watching the credits, so I'm like, Yep, 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 is. yep. Know all of that shit. Um, so before we get into it, I want to talk about the cast. Can can you give me the assist on this on IMDb as well? For sure. Just backing me up. Well, before we get into that, I do want to make one more note about what they originally intended with this movie. Okay. Because it, it very much intrigues me and I think is integral into why a character is here. Um, originally, since they wanted to avoid comparisons with the original Crow and Brandon Lee... Um, the writer intended to have the character of Sarah return as a female crow. I was thinking that too. Which I think is why they brought Sarah back. Well, and she definitely has, like, she's got the crow tattoos on, mm-hmm. like, the wing tattoos on her back. She's, um, she's got, like, inexplicably, like, a spiral design, and I'm yep. like, saw. <laughs> um, Ten but, years too early. Yeah, well, and she, and, um, I think as a good way to lead into the cast, she's played by a woman by the name of uh, Mia Kirshner who is the first in a long line of people throughout this franchise that I'm like are inexplicably associated with things we've already covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so she plays um, Elizabeth Short in a Black Dahlia movie. Elizabeth Short is a very famous murder victim in L.A. Um, she also, from where I know her, is Lilith in 30 Days of Night 2. <laughs> She's the vampire queen. And I think we mentioned that on yeah. uh, the 30 Days of Night episode. But yeah, I guess because I remember seeing her, like her picture on IMDb, she's got like a model picture. I'm like, I've seen that before. Where have <laughs> I seen that? And I went like, yep, she's Lilith. <laughs> Amazing. But I mean, in the movie, she has a very like, I won't say dead-eyed, but she's got a very like strange ethereal look to her. Because yeah. she, like her neutral mask is very like inhuman like mm-hmm. looking. I don't know. It's, it's witchy. Yeah, for sure. Um... Iggy Pop, who is the frontman of the Stooges, plays Curve, and 
hams it up and oh, he kills absolutely. it. He looked like he was having a blast. Yeah. He really, well, and that's something that I always appreciate because when oh, I yeah. see an actor who is really throwing themselves into a role, I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, and the uh, his he, there was a point where like when he goes to find Nemo in the strip club, mm-hmm. it's his song, I Want to Be Your Dog, is playing. And I'm like, <laughs> you just have his own music <laughs> playing. Um, and that whole like motorcycle scene where he gets killed yeah. rules because this crow has a motorcycle because he's cool because he, <laughs> he's not your average crow no he's, he's a cool crow. yeah he's cool well again that's i think as cool is that all of the crows throughout all of these movies uh they are all their own men and they all go about their role as the crow in their own way mm-hmm. there's all the hints of the way that they you know, they, they obviously have cool quotes and they do badass things, but, like, they all do it in a way that echoes their own personality. Yeah. Like, we'll get into what we talk about Ash himself, but the way that he integrates, like, he did magic for his son, so he, like, mm-hmm. does that shit when he kills people. Well, and I love that um, Ash did the crow poem from the graphic novel. He did. I was, I was like, like, oh, I know wait, that now. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, now I know what that is. Um, keep going with the cast thomas jane plays nemo who's one of the guys in the crew thomas jane (laughs) is the main guy from the mist because of course he's like the dad from the mist he was also in something else too that i i looked at when we when we covered the mist um i think it was deep blue sea yeah like weird samuel jackson smart shark movie that ll cool j is in also that's right um i have a someone else it's beverly mitchell the little homeless girl Mm-hmm. Grace, it's Beverly Mitchell, who not only, I don't know if you know her from, she was in Seventh Heaven and was in a Disney Channel movie uh, on, right on track. Yeah, she was in Seventh Heaven from like 96 to 2007. Uh, and then she was in Right on Track in 2003. She was also in Saw 2. <laughs> She's the woman in the nerve gas house who just dies. Oh, like, she, yeah. Which I remember seeing. I didn't know who she was until I saw the kill count for it. And James was like, that's Beverly Mitchell. I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm sure people know who that is. Um, Of the rest of the people, there's uh the dude that I think is the guy that was the tattoo artist that Sarah lived with. Mm-hmm. I feel like I knew him from somewhere. I just couldn't remember his name. Uh, yeah. But he looked familiar as well. Um, but I'm seeing on this IMDb page, there's just all these like concept art for people, like of all of the different dudes Ooh. in it. Like it's what I forgot about the Oracle. Okay, that's right. so that's my next thing. Actually, is um, Sarah's back with cool tattoos uh, that reminds me of the city from Repro. Especially, there's a neon sign that says, like, Jesus saved or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just, the lighters are burnt out to say, save us, which is fucking awesome. So cool. This thing I have is Judah. Where the hell did he come from and why is he so cool? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm looking through his credits right now and, like, he was in Firefly, which is one of his yeah, big credits. Yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. He's been in a bunch of stuff he has like I, I didn't even like take the time to go through all of it but i'm like this guy came in and they were like you ever think about what like a god would sound like and he went i got, I got you because man judah is is the principal antagonist of city of angels he is 
at the end, we were talking right before we recorded mm-hmm. that, you know, the crow, obviously, it's a person that is done some brutal injustice and they're brought back for revenge. And I feel like out of the number of people on the planet that go through injustice every day like that, um, mm-hmm. the crow only brings people back if they're done injustice by someone who's just straight magic. up magic. Like, the first movie was, like, a bunch of gangsters, and they're weird top dollar guy and his, like, witch sister. Like, so it's, yeah. like, everyone is normal except, like, that guy, which is normally the part of the crow where I just kind of, like, glaze. I'm like, yeah, 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 and then there's that. <laughs> yeah. Although this, I was like, fuck. Because they show the scene, it's it's Judah with all of his, his crew, mm-hmm. and he's he reminds like, he starts talking like Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. or like Xerxes from 300, because mm-hmm. he's like, wears this like robe. He looks like Gearus Mortal Kombat. He does. But like, he's wearing this robe. You did it this God, time. Damn it. Well, fuck. <laughs> damn it. <sighs> I didn't go you into it this time. Sorry. Sorry. I, well, okay, but here's the thing. I had two other... <laughs> things before it that i mentioned it's more just for our sake <laughs> anyway so <laughs> he's got like this tunic on like he looks like he's probably been around for, like thousands of years mm-hmm. like he looks like he could be in the mummy yeah. he's just like he carries himself and he's like talking about like how he's got this separation of his own humanity so like all of his crew are these like typical drug addict crow people yeah. and then there's him and his blind oracle, who, like, yeah. everything where it's, like, her, like, over his shoulder with the hood up, like, again, like, you know, Ronan the Accuser, mm-hmm. or like in 300 with the oracles, just them being, like, the crow comes on the wings of death, and he's, like, shall the reaper come with a face that is familiar? And I'm, like, this is awesome! <laughs> well, and I, I, it stuck with me, the line about the oracle, where it was, like, yeah, she was seeing visions, so she plucked her own eyes out in order to make them stop, and it just and made it got them worse. worse. And, and he was like, was like, like oh oh my "It was God. awesome." <laughs> well, yeah, like that scene at the end where he whips out the like things that were used as like a mercy killing. I'm like, "Yeah." So you're like a vampire, right? <laughs> like you've been around for like a thousand you've years, been around. easily. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's no way you just were born in the '70s and grew up in like some like. Library of Alexandria. <laughs> like, there's no way. Um, so that's my pet theory for why, especially because his name is Judah. Yeah, he's named after one of the twelve tribes of Israel, which is thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you just like you're not are. human. Yeah, you're like you just are immortal somehow. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. So like, I buy the like because then they immediately are like, oh, the crow is the source of his power. Let's just trap it. And then murder it. It's not like top dog being like, oh shit, I bet that would work. Or, um, I don't remember how they do it in Salvation. Or Wicked Prayer, I think they're just like, Wicked Prayer, fuck the like, bird. They just like put something around it and then they do a dance to bring it back. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Danny Trejo is shirtless and <laughs> just doesn't dance with, around with the Bible, with the Bible in his hand. No, but did they just shoot it in Wicked Prayer? I think so. War shoots it. Well, I think they like wrapped it in like a cloth and shot it. And just that to... thing was intense. We'll get to it. Yeah. That thing was weird. Um, so, getting into Ash himself. So we've got you know, the Day of the Dead imagery is there. Um, it's a lot more indicative of, like he when he goes to that priest, they're like he's like, what's yeah. Day of the Dead? And they explain like what the ofrenda is. Like we know mm-hmm. from Coco, but like he's like, <laughs> oh, you, we do it because it's the it's like the day when like the veil between the living and the dead is the most permeable mm-hmm. i think that's the term and things can come through it 
a lot easier. So yeah. he's probably because th- he doesn't know what the crow is. So he's no. probably thinking like it's just because of this I'm able to come back with this. Mm-hmm. Which even if that was the case, I would love. I believe it's it, a yeah. great. I think it's a great you know set of imagery. But I do really like that they added that layer this time because it wasn't it's just cool. reiterating; yeah. it was adding to the f- the legend of the crow from the original. Yeah. Well, and up until Wicked Prayer, the, f- the like the first movie and City of Angels, and to a lesser extent Salvation, they don't lean into straight up religious imagery. Yeah, it's all just spiritual stuff. Um, and even Wicked Prayer does it more with Native American imagery, as yeah. opposed like which is juxtaposed kind of ham-fistedly by the four horsemen of the apocalypse but i do promise there's things i like about it um (laughs) but so with city of angels it's like so the term city of angels that represent like you bring up angels the crow in itself is some kind of angel but then Mm -hmm. it's like no now there's just all their weird magic stuff happening there's the crow itself and there's this day of the dead thing which brings up ash which spell and he spells it with an e which made me mad (laughs) made you mad i don't know because i was going to write it down because i heard it and then i went to write it down and then i had subtitles on because i couldn't always understand him just Mm -hmm. all the way and it was like ash with an e like what (laughs) (laughs) um but he's a dad he's a mechanic and he's Mm -hmm. work he's a single dad um with his son danny and uh what happens to danny danny (sighs) oh gosh this is gonna test well because oh shit how did they die Oh, weren't they drowned? Weren't they bound and drowned? Or is that the end of it? Sort of. That's at the end. But uh, it was more that... So the scene where he goes... The obligatory crow scene where he goes back to his shop and gets the memories and is sad. Because then I wrote down good dad energy. Because he's just (laughs) a great dad. Um, Because he's like learning, like, he's doing a Scott Lang. He's getting magic tricks for his son. Mm -hmm. He's doing all this fun stuff. Well, yeah, and his son, like, drew him a picture and was so excited to show him. And the dad was like, cool. Yeah, and then literally right after that, there are gunshots outside. And Danny went, cool. And went to go check it out. And unfortunately, they, they came upon Judah's pack of dudes just murdering someone. And because they looked up and saw this kid watching them kill this guy, they're like, well, we got to kill them, too. Yeah, they were told not to leave any witnesses. It was witnesses. straight up, like, and even Curve says it later, he's like, you guys were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Which, to me, is so much sadder than the first movie, where it's, like, someone trying to do good, and they're just snuffed out by this inconsiderate world. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's just, they weren't bothering anybody and they just stumbled into this where really it was like, well, I guess you guys got to die. Yeah. Because then, yeah, they're brought to appear, and Ash is made to have to watch his son get shot in front of him, and then himself is shot, and they're both thrown into the river. That's right. Because when he wakes up, it's underwater, yeah. which is pretty sweet. And later when he goes to get his son, and they play the music from the It Can't Rain All the Time scene, and I'm like, oh, shit. Um... But he takes the same paint as Eric, mm-hmm. but it has a different meaning. Yeah. Because Sarah, who we haven't mentioned yet, Sarah is kind of the guiding force of, she has dreams that she sees Ash come back to life, so she goes and 
kind of helps him suss out what's happening. Mm -hmm. And she paints his face like Eric, but she uses his son's paints. Yeah. Like the one he was. So it's like, I buy that more than just like, it looks cool, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because that added that more personal touch to it. I think that's what it's about, too. It's all about, you know, the living embodiment of that broken relationship is coming back to haunt people. And uh, it should also be noted again that uh, Ash drives a motorcycle. Yeah. Which I wrote down is Crotorcycle. Because, come on. Come on. You got it. Come on. Um, Yeah, and when he's driving to kill um, Spider Monkey, the dude that he kills in the drug manufacturing, they Mm -hmm. play White Zombies. uh, Fuck, I don't remember the song. They play a a White Zombie song. And uh, when he blows up that factory the trees set up like the palm trees set on fire and i'm like mm-hmm. that's the most like metal like los angeles crow imagery yeah i could think of because again they bring back the like crow insignia like at the crime scenes which is awesome y- yeah in, in <laughs> this one i really liked it in wicked prayer <laughs> i don't even remember it in wicked they prayer. used it every time in wicked prayer and that's when i was like okay did, ah. they did Every time he killed those people, it like, wasn't even that like, no, interesting. No, it wasn't. Because, again, I was like, I kind of felt bad for all of them. <laughs> so, Judah's got an oracle. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Said that already. <laughs> uh, and then I really want to talk, just play by play, the scene where he goes, so he's killed Spider-Monkey, who's the first guy that he could find. Mm-hmm. Because they, one of the many, like, big things that Judas crime syndicate does is manufacture drugs. Mm-hmm. So he well, yeah, blows up we that first place. Yeah. meet Judah is yeah. there's a guy being like, go off on this scene. <laughs> yeah. So there's one of his distributors comes back and was, and they're yelling at him cause he wasn't dealing out the supply. And he was like, well, yeah, you're dealing out an inferior order and it's hurting people. And Judah just grabs a syringe full of it. And is like, all right, guess we'll test it. We'll test it on you and just shoves it up at, his like nose or something. I think he put it in his mouth or something. But yeah, I don't know. Either, but, yeah. either way, he shoved a syringe into the dude's face, and then the scene cuts away, and it is well, the most brutal. It cuts thing. away as he's dying, but he's like, "I guess you were right. That batch was inferior." I'm like, "Jesus!" Yeah. <laughs> but he so Ash finds the like weird little fun design they have on the drugs, traces mm-hmm. it to this guy, kills him. Figures out, you know, he's like, it's who are you working thing. for? He's like, oh, this is my whole crew. We work for Judah. Like, he gave it up immediately. <laughs> and he even was like, he did that creepy thing where he's like, pick a car. The guy was like terrified. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so he goes to find Nemo next, who's the dude that is, um, he's just like a weird, like, perv guy. So he goes into, like, those, like, strip club, like, porn booths. That's right. And it's a creepy scene. Because, like, he puts his quarter and he's, like, jerking off with this girl. And, like, it, his time's up. And he goes to get more money. And the lights come back up and, and Ash is there. Yeah. And I don't remember what he says. It's something creepy. But, um, because he always does, the, la- the first thing he'll say to everyone is what they said to him when they were killing him. Mm-hmm. And he says it. And, like, the guy immediately, rec- like, remembers him. Yeah. And then he crashes through and he's, like, it's the first time he gets shot. And he, like doesn't get hurt Mm -hmm. so he he kills this guy and curve who's the iggy pop guy who's kind of like the the rebel of the group because he's the guy that like kind of like harasses sarah because they're like there's a crow found at the crime scene your tattoo is a crow curve he's like why'd you fucking give me this (laughs) 
So he goes and finds Nemo dead mm-hmm. in the chair that like Ash was in. Like his eyes are gone, and it's like a crazy crime scene. And he's like, "What the fuck is that?" He reaches into his mouth and pulls out an origami crow, and the phone in the booth rings, and he picks it up, and it's just Ash going, "Do you know what a group of crows is called, Curve? It's a murder." And then hangs up, and I'm like, "He's a serial killer." <laughs> I wrote that down. He's, he's a serial killer. <laughs> Which, I mean, that whole scene, first of all, is the most horror the franchise has gotten so yeah. far. I was like, this is, like, I'm scared of Ash. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even the one doing the crime. And I'm like, I'm scared of him. But, like, he does the same thing. Like, when he goes, to, when he kills Curve with, you know, with the, with the motorcycle, mm-hmm. he goes and he, like, dumps all of these, you know, um, like, the gases everywhere. And he's like... In ancient times, they put coins on the eyes of the dead for the ferryman. Because he's killed them, like, in the Los Angeles River. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, what's that behind your ear? And he pulls out, like, the coins. And I'm like, oh, what? That's You're so, so cool, cool Ash. <laughs> like, the whole movie is me just being, like, so cool. So, like, honestly, like, we could go on and on, which is, yeah. like, cool Ash bits. Like, do you have any particular ones? I mean, I don't have anything off the cuff but yeah there was just i found myself because i was just laying on the couch with my puppy right next to me and i was just like cool she, she was your crow like, yeah that comes up and lands on the shoulder every time well, and she started watching it with me at, at points and i was just like this is awesome <laughs> but yeah he he just i i really think it did add such an interesting layer with because he was yeah he was much more maniacal than Eric Draven was in his revenge. And it was it was a lot more unhinged, mm-hmm. but it it was kind of like in the comic now that you've read it. Yeah. It was very he was very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And to the point where sometimes it was very scary. Yeah. Where and there was people that straight up like weren't even that bad that he comes up and just terrifies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh God, like Oh, shit. Stay calm, away from calm me. down, Ash. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, we kind of talked about like the Eric Draven of the movie is more motivated by the memory. Like, once the memories take hold, he's like, "I'm not vengeance. I'm here to like do something right." Mm-hmm. Ash is vengeance. Ash is straight Ash is, up like, vengeance. Gleeful, sadistic <laughs> vengeance. Um, because a lot of these, like, yeah, they were all shitty, but they were all like, "Dude, we're just doing our job." Because yeah. like, if you worked for Judah, you'd do what he said. <laughs> he's clearly an immortal you. vampire. <laughs> um, so yeah, I won't get into the ending of the movie but it also is cool because like there's that whole like day that had parade thing yeah he's climbing that building um again i just think that judah is the best crow antagonist because he's just he's like so cool the anti-crow like, yeah he gets his powers later and he's just like go to hell and he's like i've been there and i'll be honest i like what i saw and i'm like dude you're cool like <laughs> yeah. you're awesome too but, like it's the whole movie is not only visually appealing if you liked the concepts of the movie like the first movie mm-hmm. it's i it's not, i wouldn't say it's a necessarily an improvement it's a very different type of movie but you will like yeah. it and it's very familiar like again i yeah. think in this case the Weinsteins did a good thing when they made it familiar like when they had all of the scenes like the flashback stuff and mm-hmm. the way they're like we got to make sure that they kill the crow at some point like yeah. they hit all those beats but it was just you know 
if you hadn't seen the first movie, you get the gist to, enough to maybe to watch the first movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I don't think this would, if you watched this one first, it would hinder your enjoyment no, of the all. other. You would just be like, who's Sarah? And you're like, go watch the first movie. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal because she's not, I mean, she's important, obviously, to the story, but it's about Ash. And it's about well, yeah, it's journey. It's about the the person who's taken over by the crow. And I think that's why both of these, both the original crow and city of angels are both great introductions into these, this concept. Yeah. And again, if the first movie was like too, from like what we talked about it, if it was like kind of a little too sad, this movie doesn't really, it, it doesn't, doesn't go yeah, that deep no, in. it doesn't linger on that. No, it's more like we got cool shit to show you. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that being said, I would like to transition to Salvation, which you haven't seen. Which I have So not I will seen. make this as brief as possible. So this one came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows the life. Well, of... and this one was the first of the Crow movies that was direct to video. Yes. I, that should be noted that the Wicked Prayer and Salvation were direct to video um, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But because uh, while I think I liked Salvation quite a bit. Uh, it's not nearly as good as City of Angels or the first movie. Yeah. Because it's very different, because it's a lot less... Like, this is, I think, the point where they start moving away from the, like, gothic romantic, and it's more the concept of revenge Mm -hmm. as a motivator for, you know, injustice. Yeah. Because these two... Like, the guys that played the Crow in Salvation of Wicked Were, not the play, the characters themselves, are very similar they're okay. young guys who were just kind of too stupid to know what was going on around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a larger force decided to just screw them. Yeah. Because, like, under normal circumstances, they would not be able to do anything that they did. They just are now immortal. Mm-hmm. So, and what I think is interesting, they only started doing it in this movie, but they started making the people's names kind of sound like Crow. Like Jose Cuervo in the yeah. last movie. He's not Jose Cuervo. His name is Jimmy Cuervo. Something like that. But it is Cuervo. It's his last name, which, yeah. of course, is a rum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it does take place in Mexico, so it's yeah. kind of funny. Um, but this kid's Alex, Alex Corvus returns to the world of the living to solve the murder of his girlfriend that he was wrongfully executed for. So, again, I think it's a very interesting story yeah because instead of arbitrary violence it's this man he's 21 by the way so i was like oh Oh, shit shit. (laughs) i was like oh my god um he was framed for the murder of his girlfriend and was executed for it in Mm -hmm. the electric chair super metal yeah (laughs) and comes back and with the help of her sister who's played by kirsten dunst of course uh the year before spider-man I think yeah. maybe they, were, they probably filmed like this movie was probably shot in 99. Mm-hmm. So like this was the thing she did right before Spider-Man. Yeah. So probably. Think about that. Um, and she does very well in this. I think Kirsten Dunst is a great actress and she puts her all into this. They just don't give her a whole lot to do. She was just the draw. Well, this was the point, same time she did bring it on. Yes, that's true. So that was like, she was a big draw. deal because, well, and interview with a vampire was very big. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I'm going to need you to back me up a little bit on the IMDb's. For sure. So, tell me when you're there. But I, So, obviously, Kirsten Dunst, um, you know her from she's Spider-Man. Mary Jane and Spider-Man. She's in Bring It On. Like, I'm actually glad you thought that because I didn't even think of it. I got you. Um, her father, Nathan Randall, is played by William Atherton. 
who we know from Ghostbusters. He's the EPA inspector from Ghostbusters. Yes, it's true. This man has, has no, no dick. dick. Well, the whole time that uh, they're like talking about like, oh shit, Alex Corbis is alive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? So in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> so you cops catch ghosts. <laughs> I'm like, he's the same guy. Well, and I don't know if you know this, but he was also in the original Die Hard movie. I did know that because that was on his IMDb. Mm-hmm. The Ghostbusters wasn't even there for a bit. It was, it was Die Hard primarily. And then it was Ghostbusters. Okay. I'm like, that's a little unfair. Yeah. <laughs> But we have once I looked, I'm like, that's absolutely true. Um, Eric Mabius is Alex Corbis, and we know him because he was in the first two Resident Evil movies. Yeah. <laughs> so he was the guy that ended up being Nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we, he's on, we talked about, he was in a bunch of other, like, Hallmark Yeah, stuff. he's been in a bunch of Hallmark movies recently. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I do want to say that the woman that plays Lauren, who is uh, Alex's girlfriend, who he was accused of killing, her name is Jody Lynn O'Keefe. She was in... H2O. Okay. She was um, the gr- the girl student that died. Um, okay. Because it was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's son, his girlfriend, who was Michelle Williams, and then mm-hmm. their two friends. Yeah. She was their female friend who was murdered. Okay. Um, I also know her because she was in Prison Break. But she's there it is. got a very familiar face. Mm-hmm. Like, people may know her if uh, they've seen her. She was in She's All That, too. With Freddie Prince Jr. Well, and it looks like she was in uh, Two and a Half Men for seven years. I never watched so, that. I but never yeah. did either. But. but yeah, she does look very, like when I saw her, I was like, I know you from somewhere. Yeah. To the point that for a second, I thought it was the same woman that played Shelly in the first movie. Because they look very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Walton Goggins is in this. Walton Goggins is House of Thousand Corpses. The community episode where they read um, Pierce's will. Oh my God, you're he's right. justified, and he was an Ant Man of the Wasp. I love Walton Goggins. I think he's great. <laughs> uh, on, and then Don Shanks is one of the prison guards. Don Shanks played Michael Myers in Revenge of Michael Myers. He's the that's dude that's right. huge muscles. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of the guys that play the cops. I think Martin Toomey is the dude that is the uh, the, the police commissioner. Or, like, he's the captain. And, uh, oh, man, maybe I'm wrong. One of the guys that's, like, the head captain was someone real big. And one of the other officers, um, Vincent Elrich is the officer. He's played by a guy named Daryl Dale Midkiff, who is uh, Lewis in the original Pet Cemetery. Oh, shit. Yeah. Remember how great of an actor he was in that? I almost think it's fun because he looks just like Lee Winnell. Mm-hmm. Like, they have the exact same face. To yeah. the point I'm like, they could be brothers, and I would believe it. Uh, <laughs> I also just want to spotlight um, Robbie Robinson, who is the minister. Like, he's one of the dudes in the prison. Mm-hmm. He's in Starship Troopers. Like, he's a stunt man. But uh, I just want you to look at the picture on his IMDb because he's a professional bodybuilder. <laughs> in a... Light blue speedo. He's like jacked as fuck. <laughs> like he was great. Like he's not in a lot of it, but I think they've had him in because he's kind of like the, like a Kane Hodder, where like everyone knows the dude. And well, yeah, and it looks like he's it. done a lot of stunt work. He does. That's he. He was big into it. Uh, I guess back in the in the day. Mm-hmm. So you haven't seen Salvation, so I'll just kind of hit on the the big beats that I thought were awesome. Like I said, Alex Corbis was accused of was accused and convicted of murdering his girlfriend who was stabbed. And they hit this like 20 times in the movie. She was stabbed 53 times. Oh my God. When she was murdered. 
Um, That's which a little excessive. I'd say it's a lot excessive, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't kill her. He's mm-hmm. innocent of the crime. And he has always maintained, so he and, he and uh, his girlfriend had a fight in his car over something that we don't know until later, and then she leaves. Okay. And he never sees her again. And a man who's working construction on that street saw them fighting and her leaving, and he testified as a witness, a witness at his trial saying that he saw they had a fight, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And while that's happening, a man that he can't see comes by and <clears throat> sticks a knife, a giant-ass knife, in his car, and all that he sees is his forearm, which has a very odd-looking, I would hesitate to call it scar, because what it is, is four screws jammed in in a double V, like... Configuration. Yeah. It's just a weird thing, Mm -hmm. because the beginning of the movie is the man putting the screws in while they pan away from a bleeding crow the same shot at least five or six times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I thought was just really funny. Um, so unlike Eric and Ash, the way that Alex is brought back is after he has been executed in the electric chair. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I know a thing or two about how executions work, and I know a th- even more of a thing or two about how the electric chair works. What they do in this movie that they do not do in real life is put a creepy metal mask over you with eye holes and a mouth hole. It looks like, um, have you seen Doom Patrol? Uh, I've seen pictures of he it. He looks like the, the metal the, guy. The tin man. Like yeah. that looks, that's like the thing they put on him. Um, <laughs> which is awesome because that's how they explain the crow makeup, which is mm-hmm. not makeup, it's, it's burns. Because they burned his face beyond recognition, and obviously because the crow heals, when he wakes up and he sees it, he like rips all of the dead skin away so that he's himself again, but the burns have lasted. Mm-hmm. And the burns are around his eyes, because that's where the visor was, and across his mouth. So please Google a picture of Alex Corvus from, not Terminator Salvation. <laughs> from an idiot. Crow Salvation. Because it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And legitimately frightening. Like, he looks like the Joker. Yeah. Because it's just, like, big burned holes around his eyes. And it makes him look very terrifying. Aside from the fact that he's played by a very handsome man, so he's not yeah. all that threatening. <laughs> um, but he's on the hunt for this man with the scar that he knows is somehow connected mm-hmm. to this. And during his trial, he was railroaded by all of these police officers that were like, that like testified and like lied on the stand. Very much like Spiral. Mm-hmm. He's going after cops that were, that, that put away, that put him away and, and executed him for no reason. Mm-hmm. And as he's doing this, he meets up with uh, Kirsten Dunst, who's his girlfriend's sister, who at first thought he killed her. Mm-hmm. And her father seemed kind of on the same track as well. And he and her start to open up this conspiracy mm-hmm. behind the murder and how these cops are involved. And, you know, it goes all the way to the top. So as he's maneuvering his way through these police officers, he's trying to find the one with the scar and is at least asking them, like, who's the guy with the scar? And they all say the same thing. There is no guy with the scar. The Corvus kid made it up. That's It's not real. So I'm like... 
maybe this maybe this doesn't exist. And I don't want to give away the twist, especially for you. Mm-hmm. But um, for a second, I thought it was really awesome, and then I'm like, oh, I guess that's not as good. I feel like the finales of most crow movies aren't aren't awesome, best. with the exception of City of Angels. Yeah. Um, but I will say what I think was really cool is it's a lot more like a resurrection instead of a transformation into the crow. Cause they bring mm-hmm. Alex back and he's just Alex again. Yeah. It's not like when they brought Eric and Ash back and they were just fragments of their old selves. Mm-hmm. Like he's just himself again, which could be seen as kind of lame, but I think it kind of works because he's not the to my mind he's like not like the crow like mm-hmm. he's just a kid yeah who got brought back to like right this wrong kind of like a ghost would like a normal yeah. ghost would uh i also put why does he sound like bucky because there's points where he does because <laughs> he kind of looks like a young sebastian stan like they have the same haircut mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god he totally could have played this like at an <laughs> earlier day um and I wrote down, God damn it, another spooky appear out of nowhere power. Because <laughs> they didn't do it in the first movie, but in the rest of these movies, the crow now has the power to just, like, Jason Voorhees appear. Yeah. And it's very frightening, and it's, like, it, it works for the mm-hmm. horror angle. Um, it's also the second movie in a row with a Rob Zombie song, so I wrote, hell yeah. Hell yeah. This is when I started to get drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because I wrote, huge fan of this crashing into something when you're dr- when you're driving and you're immortal to kill a passenger trope. I do like that. Which they like do that. in Heroes, and they yeah. they just seem to do it all the time, and I really like it. I think it's really interesting. Because it's, it's like a big power play, mm-hmm. especially if you are immortal, and especially if you know, you're someone who's younger. So this cop's like, fuck you, I'm not talking to you. It's actually how he kills um, the guy from Pet Cemetery. Yes. So he's in the car with him, and he's like, tell me what you know. He's like, oh, it's not what you're talking about. It's like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, I'll crash into a building, and he tells them everything he needs to know, and then he does it anyway. <laughs> I'm like, I love that trip. Because then, then it's the, like, you're sitting there, and he's like, maybe if he's still alive for like a second, he's like, I made it. The kid's dead. And the kid just gets up and is like, well, I'll be seeing you. Yeah. The guy's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Um, I wrote a thing about the scar twist and I don't want to uh, talk about it. Uh, but the way that they end up getting the justice on the big final bad guy mm-hmm. is very cool. I think it's very metal. Um, especially because, uh, the first time, so this movie is not like anti-cop or anything. Like mm-hmm. I know there's some people that kind of avoid movies like that because they're like i don't know if I... like these guys are scumbags yeah they're not like the normal like spiral type scumbags like these guys like own a brothel that they like stream online also one of them definitely uses authority to pull over like underage women mm. and like harass them which was a cool. That was the where he showed up out of nowhere. Is that mm-hmm. he was like screwing with this girl's friend who was like passed out drunk in the back seat, and like he goes to go get her again, and Alex is there. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah. So like these guys, like they're, they're I awful. hesitate to call them cop. Like they're just criminals. Mm-hmm. So I would say like it's kind of a it's a statement on like the state of police reform, but like not really. Yeah. It's just like, isn't criminal justice like shitty? You can just frame a guy and then it stops there. Then it's just like, let's just see Alex kill all these guys, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> uh, so I'll say like, the big thing for it is I think the makeup and the look is 
awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is just a bunch of people. I'm like, I know that guy. Um, I will say this movie probably has the most like trigger warning stuff because okay. just the manner in which um, his girlfriend was murdered. She was assaulted beforehand by several cops at once. She was murdered horrifically, mm-hmm. and there's a point in it where he's trying to get Kirsten Dunst's character to like kind of because you know that crow had that power where they could just touch people or things and they mm-hmm. know the emotion, or yeah. the memory. So she is so broken up about this, and she says, "You know, like I wish I was dead." And he's like, "No, you don't." And she's like, "Yes, I do." And he goes and he takes her to where she, her sister died, mm-hmm. and then gives her the memories by touching her and goes over every single detail. And I'm like, why would he do this? And he's like, but she fought back every single second that she was being murdered. She fought back because she knew that life was worth living. I think that's the emotional core of the movies. There's not a lot of like emotion in the sense of the first two movies in this one. It's a lot more like, it is a lot more like intense with mm-hmm. the subject material, but I think that the message, if there is one, works. Okay. Now, Wicked Prayer. Let's do Day, this. Please. All right. <laughs> so I just watched this one, so this one's this fresh morning. in my brain. <laughs> well, because something that um, – I'm going to jump into the very beginning of the plot here. Um, something I found really interesting about this um, reincarnation of the crow is when he first – gets his life back and he sees that his girlfriend is dead. The first thing he does is he, he takes a gun himself. and tries to shoot himself. Well, he says a number of times they're like, I want to kill you. He's like, please, I wish I was dead. Like, well, I want to Because he wants to, to be with her. Yes. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. They really don't go into very much. Well, because they split time like 70-30 between him and the Scooby-Doo gang of the apocalypse. Well, and he's the 30%. They spend 70% yeah, of this movie the with the villains. The apocalypse, who, they're villains, but I'm like, I kind of feel bad for most of them. Like, they have that whole scene when, like, they've done the ritual, and they're eating deviled eggs because they're Satanists. Danny, they're supposed to be serious. Take them seriously, please. It was so funny. But, like, that whole scene where they're like, oh, kind of bummed out. And um, Death, who's David Boreanaz, is like, Hey man, like, like he's like giving them pep talks, yeah. And they're like, "Hell yeah, man! Let's bring about the apocalypse." And I'm like, "Oh, I kind of hope they do it." Like, they're so kind of like cute. Well, yeah, they're like, well, yeah, that whole devil's feast thing where they're eating devil eggs. I'm like, aren't they the bad guys? <laughs> well, yeah, because they're all named after like they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, it's pestilence, war, famine, and death. Yes. And it's cool because, first of all, I'm a huge fan of Revelation's imagery. Mm-hmm. I think it's metal as fuck. I think, especially the Four Horsemen thing, anytime anyone uses it, just like when in every, anytime anyone uses the Seven Deadly Sins, I am on board for it. Yeah. Like, I will give it a shot because I love that shit. The first scene of the movie is them, because, okay, I guess we got to talk a little bit about the stupid backstory that I could even really tell you. Yeah. There's something going... So, first of all, it's in Mexico, which is, again, mm-hmm. a, it's not in a city. The other ones have been in cities. Yeah. This one is in rural areas. It's in mm-hmm. a mining town that is divided into by the mining comp like the town that has this mine that is mm-hmm. their welfare, and the um, local native uh, indigenous people's, like, land. Mm-hmm. So, 
because it's in Mexico, they're not Native American, like in the in the parlance of what you would imagine as an American, what an indigenous person would be. It's yeah. more indigenous Central American people, mm-hmm. um, which I think is cool because they don't normally talk about that. That is also a group of people that is equally as marginalized. Yeah. Because I had a note earlier that I was like, this movie feels like it could have been made today because it's like at the undertow of it is this like, you know, ethnic struggle, mm-hmm. except there's a bunch of bullshit on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this does feel like it would be now where like someone wanted to say something and just whiffed it completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this town, uh, it's kind of co-owned by the, the local tribe and this town and the town has, is leaned on by the, by the tribe. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of strange that this time the tribe is like the aggressors, quote unquote, yeah. because they're forcing the mine to shut down mm-hmm. so they can build a casino. And I'm like, that's a little racist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's 2005. I was like, well, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, first of all, this is Mexico. I don't think the tribes down there are the same as yeah. what they're known for up here. Uh, so I guess the, the, lo- the quote-unquote local satanic cult, which is headed by Boreanis and his girlfriend, uh, <laughs> and the Four Horse of the Apocalypse are, I think they're anti-tribe. Yeah, because they want the mine to keep open, because that's their family's well-being. Which is interesting, though, because not only are... So they want the tribe gone. They don't like them. And they... I'm glad they used a very, like, middle school um, ethnic slur for the Native American... For the Native peoples. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, it's nothing you couldn't find in a Mark Twain book. Yeah. So I'll just say they used the... Indian, but with the J, the engine, that's what they write on the, they, you know, so that's where I was like, okay, so they clearly don't like them, Mm -hmm. except that at least two of you are native Mexican, one of you is, like, their thing is that they're like a quote-unquote half-breed, that's what Mm -hmm. they said in them, I don't say the movie said that, yeah, (laughs) Um, and Pestilence is getting horrible cancer from working at the mine, Yeah, so like, you guys sure you don't like the tribe? Because I feel like at least three of the five of you have stake in the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I guess Pestilence is a dude that worked in waste management. Because they do that like cool thing. They all have like different cars that they have like spray painted yeah. on them. And they have like the little like stats. Like, when well, they yeah, they have, frame they on have them, those like, birds of prey stats. I'm like... This is kind of funny. Like, I was, like, into that. Well, and that's the very first scene of the movie is about them. Well, and that scene is super awesome Mm because, like, Pestilence is dragging out, like, all these chemicals to, like, blow up a union protest. Um, Famine's poisoned a bunch of mine. Yeah, he poisoned a bunch of mine workers. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Um, But they're doing all this cool shit, and I'm like, awesome. Uh, I just wrote four words from the apocalypse causing shit. And also, Death's girlfriend is there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess Tara Reed, who is Lola Byrne, because her boyfriend's name is Crash, because Crash and Byrne was a joke they wanted to shoehorn into the movie. Even though they just call him Luke 90% of the they time. And they call him Lola Bryan. I'm like, you don't even say Byrne. It doesn't even work. <laughs> um, but Tara Reed, I wanted to talk about her and Boreanis and Furlong are like the big gets for the movie, for mm-hmm. me at least. Because Tara Reed during the mid-2000s was like a big 
like hot commodity. Well, yeah, because um, this was not too long after she was in American Pie. She was in American Pie in '98, and the year before she was in Urban Legends, which I think <gasps> that's right. Junior, we'll have to cover that someday. Yeah, because that's like that, and I know what you did last summer were like the horror movies of the '90s, mm-hmm. like the big, big ones. She's also like the Big Lebowski. Um, she's known for being like the pretty blondes uh, mm-hmm. and, and and whatnot. Um, she does her best in this movie. The character is just strange. It's, yeah, <laughs> everyone's well, characters her, are weird. Well, her, I feel bad for her because her character is just like there to be like, "Hey, death, um, can we like actually do this instead of just fucking with people?" It's like I know you wanted to like be Satan or anything, and like if you wanted to do that, we got like until sunrise. Yeah, we have a time to, like, make frame. you Satan. I'm like, oh shit, okay. Um, so. She is not even a horseman. She's just with them. Yeah. Uh, Tito Ortiz is famine. I know him from somewhere. He's a very recognizable dude. He's like a huge, scary-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he was in Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. Uh, but I think he was a wrestler. Like, I, I think he honestly, he was, uh, like, he's in wrestling. Like, I think that's what his big, like, thing was. Um, yeah. Because he kind of looks like a Vin Diesel type. You know what I mean? I'm so glad you said that. He said he was the next Vin Diesel. That's the first yeah. line on his bio. <laughs> yes, he is a wrestler. He's uh, I I, I usually well, have and fun he's names, a, but he's a UFC fighter. Oh shit! Yeah. So yeah, he's in that. It's kind of like that guy um from the Funhouse Massacre who was yeah, like this huge the clown. scary guy. And I'm like, for a second, I'm like, is that that same guy? Because I'm like, I feel like I know him from somewhere, and I would have died if that it was the same awesome. dude. Um. Can you go go for it and just talk about this guy named David Boreanaz? I think oh, is his name. Yeah, I don't I, know who this guy is. Of course, I can. So, um, David Boreanaz, his big fame these days is mostly from when he played Angel in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the spinoff show Angel that he yeah. got to lead, um, which was from the late '90s to the early 2000s. Yeah. And then this movie happens right before he makes his next big break in the TV series Bones, yeah. which went for like 12 seasons. Isn't it still on? No, it ended. Oh, okay. Because I found out he actually directed the final episode of the show. Ooh, excellent. Along with a handful of others. But I think it's really interesting that they let an actor in the show direct their finale. He's also in that Valentine movie, right? Yeah, that was in the... That was, I think, 2002. So that was right... As Buffy and normally, Angel were going. I mean, sometimes you see it with people that are in, like, big shows that just were like, I just want to do a movie for the love of God. Yeah. But normally it's, like, a good one. Yeah. You know, everyone that I've seen, like, every time, like, it's always with people that were, like, in Buffy or Angel or other, like, Joss Whedon shows. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so you're on, like, the most successful show on TV right now, and you're like, I'm going to do a shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you said this was the year. It's actually the year Bones started. Yeah. So it's like he made this well, yeah, right before, the, and it's right after. And in two thousand four right after... is when Angel ended. This is so funny because like he literally finished Angel, <laughs> filmed and this, made this not good movie, and, and then, then made Bones. Bones. And during Angel, he made Valentine. Yep. Oh yeah, that so was like... during Angel and Buffy. Oh yeah, you're right. I, I you're the expert there. I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll get there. Uh, also, I want to spotlight Emmanuel uh, Chiriqui, who is Lily, who is uh, Jimmy's girlfriend, yes. who is of the, of the tribe. Uh, spotlighting her specifically because she was in the original Wrong Turn Ooh, from 2003, yeah. uh, which one day we'll, we'll get to. Just that one, at the very least. We'll do we'll the original and the remake. 
Yeah. I've seen the remake again. I like I really it a lot re- better. I really want to rewatch it. Uh, so we've also got Edward Furlong, who uh, his really big claim to fame is that he was John Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. He was like mm-hmm. the kid from Terminator. He was also in The Green Hornet in, from 2011 and American History X, which one day I do really want to see because it's one of like the big Edward Norton roles. Okay, yeah. He plays like a crazy like white supremacist who's like, on the on the mend so it's a very intense type movie so edward furlong in this i think he just plays he's kind of like an emma roberts where like they're just kind of like a shitty personality type yeah i don't i don't know a lot about him so i don't want to speak Mm -hmm. ill i don't know i do know that he has had some legal trouble so Mm. i don't think it's a stretch to say that he's got a bit of an attitude on him Mm -hmm. so that carried over so jimmy cuervo which i'm not making up is is his his name name. because again they're like again they want to hit the the c r and o sound in his last name and they're like jose cuervo jimmy cuervo i'm like oh my god uh and danny trejo of course danny trejo it's a movie. Well, He's got to be in it. And I want to mention that um, Pestilence is played by, I'm going to butcher this name, but um, Yuji Okamoto, who was chosen, the kid who fights Dan- Daniel-san in Karate Kid Part 2. Holy shit. And then he re- was recently brought back for Cobra Kai, where he reprised yeah, that role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And I think it's so cool that that's the same guy. He was in Inception, he says. Not yeah. like a big role, but he was in Inception. Um, one guy I do want to talk about, just because he's my favorite thing, like, by far in this movie, is Marcus Chong, who is War. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, he was in The Matrix. He was Tank. Oh, uh, okay. Have you seen The Matrix? Yeah. He's one of, like, the survivors who's, like, works with Morpheus and mm-hmm. Neo. Uh, and that was, like, a couple of years. Again, so, like, that was in 99. This is 2005. So, yeah. like, people are like, that's Tank from The Matrix. Um he's it looks like he's actually like some form of martial artist because he does a lot of like it looks like he does a lot of stunts mm-hmm. um i know he played uh huey newton in the like there was like a black panther movie from like 95 okay huey newton in real life was a big black panther figure mm-hmm. uh, in history because all the pictures on his imdb are just him in the in the movie i'm like oh, okay all right all right so, War is my favorite because he's just full of like manic energy, and everything he says is like spitting bars. It's <laughs> like, I, I wish I wrote any of them down, but like everything he says rules. It was something like, you know, like, I, I, you know, I'm not even gonna try, but like everything he says is amazing. That's all what I'll say. Um, he's also like the last one to die, and he dies by just blowing himself up and i'm like all right man you go for I it i also do want to point out that there is a reason they used cuervo as the last name did they have a sponsor no oh good that means crow in spanish i am an idiot <laughs> i <laughs> i thought about just letting you have it but i feel like they need to know <laughs> it means that jose cuervo was joe crow at least it's not Jim Crow. It's all I'll yeah. say. Um, back on track, that beginning scene that you mentioned when they're doing all that shit, mm-hmm. they have a little, like, horn hand signal, like the rock and roll, like, yeah. horns. And it's supposed to be, like, scary. Because this is 
This is 2005, so it's a couple years removed from the satanic panic of, like, the 80s and 90s. But, like, satanic cults for a long time were, like, thought to be, like, real Mm -hmm. and, like, legitimately a threat and not just, like, teenagers having fun. Yeah. Because this movie is that, even though, like, they're also magic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, they... They just, like, to each other, like, scowl, and, like, they toss up the horns, and I'm just like, hell yeah, man, rock and roll! And I'm like, this is supposed <laughs> to be scary, but I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, they really did their devil murders and then ate deviled eggs and devil food. Yeah, devil's food cake. So, I guess we should hit why this crow is the crow. Mm-hmm. So, Jim Crow, unfortunately, in this movie, that is his name, if you translate it into English. Or we could just call him Jimmy Cuervo. Jimmy. He is a ex-con because mm-hmm. he murdered or was accused of villain. He was accused he, of murder, or yeah. I think he actually did. No, he did kill somebody. Yeah, he did. Because he murdered a native, mm-hmm. um, and everyone obviously in the tribe hated him for it, but we didn't see until later that he killed him because he was trying to rape his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did anyone ask like why he killed him? Doesn't anyone want to know why? Why I, had I did it? Yeah, it's truly, it's it's that <laughs> same thing with fucking salvation. Yeah. You don't want to know why I stabbed her <laughs> particular time. Sounds like it was eight people that did it, right? Because it <laughs> wasn't just me. Um, so I just think it, it was interesting to have him as this member of like he's an outsider. Mm. He's like on parole. His parole is almost up. Um, his girlfriend is the daughter of one of the elders of the indigenous tribe, um, Lily, which, uh, her like full name is, uh, it was like Lily brings the dawn or something, which is a beautiful name. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when he like goes to propose to her and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I love that like concept of like those traditional names, um, especially in this, in this movie that's supposed to be more spiritual because the crow in this is more. It's a symbol of the tribe's faith. Like, it's an mm-hmm. actual thing that they yeah. believe in. Which is why when he comes back as the crow, it takes the tribe of it to be like, oh, shit, it's the crow. Like, don't kill it. Like, mm-hmm. we actually know who he is. Um, but it's interesting because he's hated by the town um, because he's a criminal. Yeah. He's hated by the tribe because he's, he okay. killed one of their own. And the only person that cares about him is his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And for a time, Luke, who was death, yeah. David Boreanaz. And I wish, again, they went into that more. Because, like, the scenes were, like, they showed them, like, as friends when they were kids. And, like, I kind of would have loved if that was the big thing. Yeah. Is, like, he becomes the crow and his best friend Is... found the darkness and became Satan. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, it's just silly. Like, yeah. at the end, like, I think it's fun because it's silly and it's bonkers. Well, yeah, because some of the fights kind of remind me of, like, Power Rangers they're from back good. in the day. Like, they're not even that well choreographed. Well, no, I just mean in the fact that, like, one punch will send them flying across a field. And how you can tell that some of them, like, are not trained. Yeah. Like, because, like, like, <laughs> like, they're just not into it. No. Um, but, so the local satanic cult which is what they refer to themselves as. Yep. Uh, Luke and his girlfriend, uh, Lola, have decided that they're going to do a ritual to make him Satan mm-hmm. so they can vaguely destroy, quote-unquote, the tribe. Yeah. However that is. Uh, so their ritual involves they have to... They stole a spell book from... Is it a spell book? They stole a spell book from... Follow me on this. 
Lola's ex-pimp, who is himself a satanic high priest, but is a white man in his 50s who talks like a inner-city pimp from the 70s. This is all true. This is, this is real. We will get to that scene later. But So they've stolen this book, and in it, their ritual is they have to kill um, a... Because obviously Lily is an indigenous person, but mm-hmm. she has like white person eyes. So she's got yeah. green eyes. So obviously that's a mixed race sort of. Person. I think it was blue eyes. Maybe it was. I think maybe uh, Tara Reid has green eyes. That's why well, I yeah, because I think because she's she got was, green eyes. Well, then she was like, I got the blue yeah. eyes from yes. Lily. Because that's what they do is they decided they were going to kill her and Jimmy, cut out her eyes, and then Luke cut out Jimmy's heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this would be awesome if you were like Judah, but you're just David Boreanaz well, yeah, and, and then, his like Scooby Doo gang of friends. Well, and then as he was like bleeding from the from the incision, it made a heart of blood beneath I him. I kind of <laughs> liked that. It was very crow, bit, mm-hmm. but like in this context, I'm like, this is just goofy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right after their big satanic murder, because now Lola has like the eyes of like someone with magical power, so she can actually like read. The, the text. The, the sacred text. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole movie I was doing the, is it a spell book? Yeah. <laughs> um, no one got it. And no one that's listening will get it either. But um, <laughs> I, I just wrote down, they're not even, like, they're bad. But they're just, like, they're pathetic. Yeah. And, beca- and how much time they spend on them. In any other movie, they'd be the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> Like they are, like they follow all these beats, and it's like, yeah, that scene where they're like, Wait, we're following their character hey man, growth. It's okay that, you know, you don't feel like famine today, but like, you know what, buddy? I think you're the best horseman that you can be. And they're like, okay, death, thanks, buddy. And I'm like, what is this happening? Is, yeah, well, there, some of the dialogue in this is just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Forgot. Oh, no. Forgot the priest's name is El Nino. <laughs> Which is Spanish for the Nino, which I've done on the show before, but I wrote down in all caps, it's Spanish for the Nino. Anyway, so another thing I think is interesting, more on the crow side, is the crow look comes from, you know, there's like a crow, they call it Raven Fest, which I think is fun. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the tribal, like traditional, like part. It's kind of like they're like all Hallows Eve, like a big festival thing they've got. So the spirit of what the crow looks like is what the crow in the movies mm-hmm. looks like. So he dresses up like that because he's the crow. Like yeah. he actually is. Um, and I think it's interesting that the authorities don't know Jimmy's dead. Mm-hmm. When they're looking for him, yeah. All they know is that so he, when he comes back, he takes Lily's body and like puts it in her own bed, mm-hmm. and her brother, who's like the cop, like the sheriff, finds it and it's like, fucking Jimmy killed her. Like he did it again. Like he murdered someone again. Yeah. Um. So like they are all looking for like he goes to Danny Trejo, his father, and it's like mm-hmm. we gotta kill Jimmy, and they're like. Okay, I'll look in the Bible, because it should be noted, Danny Trejo's character is punctuated that in every scene he has to hold up at eye level a Bible, like facing out so it says Holy Bible on it. And I'm like, I think he's a priest. (laughs) So, I guess so. Um, So as the Apocalypse Squad is trying to fill their their parameters to make death Satan, Mm -hmm. which they're all very arbitrary rules, 
But while that's happening, Jimmy Including, is... Including, like, some weird sex thing with him and... We'll get to that. <laughs> because she literally says, why don't you look at me during? Well, no, she says... The book says you, the you're book supposed says you to, look to look at me. me in the I'm like, eyes. bro, of course, because it's, it's real Satanism, the book says you should treat your lover with respect. <laughs> you dumb idiot. That was very sad. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is just sad. Especially because, like, you can tell that every one of the group at some point is like, I don't know if I really want to do this. I'm like, then stop. Like, you're supposed to be the bad guys. Yeah. Like, be Satan or don't do it. Yeah. Like, like there is no middle ground here. Like, um, But I wrote, so when they have that big, like, scene after uh, they're in the, the pimp palace which is cool because it's um our lady of iniquity which i don't know what that word means i didn't study for it on the sats i'm sure it means something awesome in metal but uh that it's in a church so it's a brothel that's like in a vacant church and it's run by el nino who is a satanic pimp uh who looks like spenguli yeah and for a second i thought it might have been him but it's not him <laughs> Because I was like, I think I would have lost it if it was. I was like, can you imagine if it was? Um, but at that point, I wrote down Lola gets Sindel hair to show how evil she is. <laughs> that was going to be my Mortal Kombat reference for the episode because two. I think it was apt because it's it, true. It, it is. <laughs> because then to have their like evil wedding, uh, Death gets in a white like cowboy suit like out of preacher, and she gets dressed up as like. It's kind of funny now, like, the, like, the TikTok community has made goth, like, look, like, cool. Mm-hmm. So girls that, like, would have bullied goth girls in high school are now, like, wanting that look. Mm-hmm. Tara Reid, when she's dressed up as, like, the Lucifer bride, looks like that. Yeah. I was like, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> even when she says, like, I love you, Lucifer, I'm like, you don't even <laughs> spit those words out of your mouth. You don't deserve to say that. Um, Spanish for the Nino. The whole fucking Satan wedding with the pimp priest is fucking hilarious. It's verbatim what I wrote. Uh, I didn't write anything else after that because then I stopped liking the movie. Well, yeah, because while they're having this Satan wedding, the natives of the town are all outside with weapons ready to fight everyone in the well, church. Well, they are like ready because Jimmy has worked his way through the Four Horsemen uh, and is fighting war, mm-hmm. uh, who somehow his Tech Nine is shooting into the like church and yeah. like kills like some of the like sex workers in there. And I'm like, what is funny? Well, and, and at that point, David Brand is just like, can we hurry this up? Well, and fucking, I wish I wrote any of it down, but I didn't. I wanted you to experience it full on. Yeah, everything the priest says <laughs> is so funny because it's like if you like wrote down the lyrics of like a biggie small song Mm -hmm. and had your dad read them like seriously that's what it sounds like and i loved it i thought it was hilarious it was great (laughs) and i i just the whole time they're getting married they're fighting the tribesmen are up there they're like don't shoot him he's the crow and then when his crow is murdered, because mm-hmm. it has to happen in every movie, yes. they form a circle around it, and they start semi-racistly dancing. chanting and dancing. 
And Danny uh, Trejo is dancing shirtless. You know what? Cause... He looks like he's having a great time. Yeah. Because Danny Trejo is in movies to have fun, and I respect that. Yeah. Um, but he brings the crow back, and uh, after David Boreanaz has transformed into Satan, which is just a stronger him. Yeah. And has taken his Lucifer bride to like consummate their marriage in a graveyard. Yeah, I it was like think... up against like a cactus or something. I don't know, man. But Jimmy's looking for him, and obviously he's not strong enough to fight Satan. Mm-hmm. But now with his new crow powers, he's able to do it again. And meanwhile, Lola's like, "Hey, we're on a time schedule here." You know what I think was hilarious and was just so indicative of like quote-unquote satanic cults is that the second that she thinks they're gonna lose she starts praying that's like true. yeah she gets christian in praying and, starts, and then a, uh, yeah a hail, mary, hail mary which i think is also like it's a hail mary because he's fighting satan it's a hail mary pass i'm like are you fucking <laughs> kidding me and i also think it's fun that they just arrest her yep which means like all the women in the quote-unquote manson family they're just going to get released and lead normal lives. And this is just going to be that time I was a kid and young and crazy and I summoned the devil. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so I don't have a whole lot to say. No. Other than I think it's a wild ride. Yes. And us telling that to you is I think why it's worth watching is well, yeah, like and all of the things we've said happened they're all real well, it's not really, hyperbole it's wor- for me it was worth watching just for some of the bad dialogue yeah you were like i was so waiting for funny. the angel jokes and he has one where it was like what do you call an angel with no wings and i don't remember what the punchline was but i'm like he made an angel someone wrote him a joke with the word angel in it so that he would say it. Well, yeah, I think. Well, something I think I te- I texted my sister while I was watching this. <laughs> I'm glad because... he texted her because we just. We... I was like, you're like, I'm watching my compare and I'm like, it's fucking weird, right? <laughs> well, um, in season two of Buffy, eight, well, when we first in Buffy, I'm gonna go on a little tirade here. Of course, um, please. We meet Angel, and he's a vampire with his soul, so he's not like a be all evil being. Which he ends up losing that soul after he has sex with Buffy. Is that why he's handsome and not like five-headed, like weird vamp? Like I know the vampires in Buffy look weird. And That's angels. their transformation. They can be either. That's oh. a thing. Um, I don't know. I should just shut up. But, I don't know what I'm um, talking about. He loses his soul and he becomes this very evil being, and he starts to get this whole thing ready to summon a giant demon to like wormhole the town, and like the entire vibe I was getting from him in this was. He is just evil angel if he could swear in a 90s TV show. like all that manic stuff when he was like the devil. When he was just, I don't remember anything he said, but it's all just manic shit. Like it sounded like if, like I feel like for a second, it was like he just snorted a bunch of coke and they're like, just talk like you're the devil. Yeah. Because I'm like, this, none of this makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, there... I couldn't stop seeing him as Evil Angel from Buffy throughout this. And I was just like, that makes this so much more fun. So I guess that kind of wraps up The Crow. Um, 
There is one other Crow property we didn't touch, and it's the one-season Canadian TV show yeah, called The Crow Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. which is based, again, on the original Crow, the Eric Draven yeah. one. I think it's worth mentioning because the guy that plays Eric Draven is, uh, I don't remember his name, but he's the guy from John Wick 3 who's in charge of those assassins, oh, yeah. like that bald guy. Mm-hmm. So he's Eric Draven. Cool. Uh, maybe one day I'll we'll watch it and see what's what with it. Um, but uh, I think we're just eager to end our action horror series because we've been doing it since January. Yeah, it's been. A... We're about to spend another three months on another series. Two months. Two two and a half. Right. Eight weeks is two months. We might do nine. At this point. We will. Spiral. We will. Spiral will be out. Spiral comes out in like the ninth. Well, like it's... on video. Does it really? Yeah. Well, I knew they were doing the premium video on demand starting on Tuesday. Maybe that's what it is. Because I don't think it comes out because I thought hard it was like, copy shit. until July or August. Oh well, even so, by but that yeah, point hopefully we, we can, can cover, cover it. it. But yeah, so we are gearing up to start talking about the Saw franchise. You guys aren't ready. We're about to get so like legit like not even a joke. We're about to get so much more like. Articulate. Professional and artic- I'm actually gonna write outlines <laughs> for these movies um, because they're my favorite horror franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've gotten a hugely got, bad rap, yeah. Especially since Spiral's been out, because everyone just took it as an opportunity to shit all over the franchise as a mm-hmm. whole again. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you're so fucking cool. I'm sure that your bullshit. I don't even know. Positive. Um, <laughs> but I think what's just the one thing I'll say before we get into it and just to wrap up here is um, action horror as a whole, I think, is a way that a lot of people can get into horror where if it's paced like an action movie or like a crime drama or something like that, it's easier to kind of follow it. And it's not like The Conjuring where it's scene, 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 and then scare. And it's just that formula for now like eight movies mm-hmm. which some of them are great and i respect a lot of the effects and, and whatnot but what i feel like a lot of people that have seen the like popular horror movies they, they expect all horror movies to be like that mm-hmm. and that's why we did these sub that's why we're going to keep doing like sub genre yeah breakdowns because there's all these different types of stuff and i feel like equating them to different types of normal movies get people into this because mm-hmm. i know that there's been people that have told me that like hey underworld sounds really cool like they love yeah. supernatural i'm like probably would love underworld mm-hmm. um one of my buddies last night was like i know nothing about the resident evil movies i just have played the games and i'm like it's completely different but it's really good still yeah so i think that in the end there's for every subgenre, like the isolation or action or and those are the only two Genres we've done so far, yeah. <laughs> but like Saw, it's gonna be it's a it's almost a mix of like action horror and crime, crime drama. drama, and I know there's a lot of people out there that love crime dramas, the true mm-hmm. crime documentaries that are all over the place. This franchise is that. at its heart is and that. and that's what I feel like a lot of people miss with mm-hmm. with the Saw franchises, and by the by the latter points of the movies they they get a lot more into like let's just make traps and then they start to kind of yeah. fall but the story at its core is why i like the movie so mm-hmm. much it's a very interesting cohesive lack of plot hole story that you don't normally see yeah i think that's a very special thing so 
We'll be coming at you next week with the original. From and, 2004. Uh, how it's not as good on a review, but it's great for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, stay spooky out there. And conjure the crow. Wicked prayers. Yeah.